Hey there, teacher friend. Welcome back to another episode. In this episode, I'm going to share with you our new location for our micro school in hopes that it will inspire you and give you some really great tips about the journey of your school growing and changing and your vision changing as well. I'm going to share with you about starting out as a teacher wanting to homeschool my children and starting in my living room to where we are now and how I've had to adapt and know that just because I'm not where I'm at right now in this moment that there is a season for this and I want you to be able to carry this with you along the way as you are possibly starting out your micro school right now in a location that either you love or that you view as just temporary. You may even be looking for a location. Either you are starting in August and something has happened with your location plans, or maybe you've grown, or maybe you have not gotten the student enrollment that you were hoping for. Maybe you're just now tapping into starting your micro school and you're a year out, maybe even six months, eight months out to launching your micro school. You're still thinking about where your location can be. And maybe you're just here to listen. What does it feel like to actually be able to start a school of any scale, whether small or large, and actually choose your location. And so today I'm gonna to share with you our new location and how my vision has changed and how I've had to adapt along the way. Super excited to get into this with you. So without further ado, let's push play. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Okay, I'm super excited to share this with you. Although I never thought that I would be sharing what I'm going to be sharing with you right now, to be honest with you, because I want to start off with talking about my vision of our micro school. And I want you to think about your vision of your micro school, the vision that you have for your sweet dream school, whether it be small, whether it be large. And so I'm going to share with you from what I thought from the beginning what truly happened years one, two, and three, and what's happening year four for our micro school. And so I want you to just pay attention to the progress. I want you to pay attention to having to adapt. I want you to think about potentially where you want to be. And even if you're not there yet, I want you to think about what this could look like over the next couple of years. And then I'm going to share with you as we go into year four, what we're planning to do an effort for year five and beyond. I think this will give you a very good glimpse into what it actually looks like to start a school and not 
know, but just live on a dream, so to speak, of what you want it to look like and know that every single year it's changing and it may not be the perfect place to ever begin with, but what will happen as you accept the place in the season that you are in. So very quickly, I want to share with you that whenever I had my first daughter, Jalen, I remember rocking her, and I've shared this before, I would just rock her and cry because I had to go to school the next day, and I just wanted to soak up every moment that I had with her because I loved being a mother, I loved nursing her, I loved reading with her, and I just so badly wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or work-from-home mom, but of course I still love teaching. So when she got to be about a year and a half to two years old, I was so desperate to try to find a way that I could stay home with her. And all I knew was that most people that wanted to stay home with their kids and didn't want to necessarily go open up a big daycare was that they would just start in their basement. So we lived in Missouri. So I thought, oh, I'd love to start a school in my basement, like five, six kids. I'll have my daughter there. We could do gymnastics. We have a little mats. We can go play outside. We'll walk to the park. We had a perfect location. My home would have been perfect for a, for a preschool. And we had a walkout basement. And I started asking around to my friends and my family. They're like, that would be so cool. Mackenzie, you would be so great at that. And I also saw other women doing it. And my husband, who is a huge supporter of everything Lighthouse Learning Micro School, at that time said no. And truth be told, I don't think I was really, really emotionally prepared to do that. So again, no hard feelings, but that's really how my, my vision first started. I'll just start it in my home. As the years went on and I continued being in public education, literally for years, I would dream about starting a school, but I did not want it to be in a commercial building. I didn't want it to be anything big and fancy. I honestly literally thought and planned out on paper with my husband, even my kids being a part of it, my oldest daughter, Jalen, typically from a kindergarten to third grade. So we're looking at about four years of dreaming this up. I would love to have a school where I just walk outside with my coffee each day to a cute little red schoolhouse that we could convert a separate garage into a schoolhouse and I'll have about six to eight pre-K students, kindergarten students, and I will teach them how to read. That will be my thing is I'm gonna teach them how to read in my backyard and we're gonna go on field trips and we're gonna do all these thematic units and we're going to just in just have the most incredible, authentic, hands-on learning experience. I'll take them to the grocery store, teach them how to pick out fruits and vegetables, how to weigh them, how much it's going to cost, come home. We'll, we'll taste the fruits and the vegetables. We'll draw pictures of them. We'll write about them. So I had this whole thing in my mind of what I wanted to look like, this little one-room schoolhouse in my backyard, preschool, kindergarten, right? Because who does school age at that time? Nobody was doing that back six, seven years ago. Again, Wanted to have that happen so badly. I even had my daughter, Jalen, I still have pictures of her, of uh, notebook papers of her writing down, okay, we could turn the lanai, which is a fancy word for back porch, screened in back porch in Florida. We could turn that into the schoolroom. I think you should charge $1,000 per month per student. She wrote this out. 
I think that the students should have real comfy, cute couch cushions to set on and little tables. And I think that you should have tea time. And so she wrote out all these little ideas for me. Oh, it was just so blissful to be in the dreaming stage. This is so awesome. But I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm going to go straight back into my career because I'm not going to probably have any more children. My kids are growing older. I don't have a house. So at this time, I didn't even have a house. We were living in a condo in Florida. And we still owned a home in Missouri that we were renting out. So I was like, gosh, you know, this seems like something that's a couple years down the road. Well, I remember going on runs and thinking like, God, I really want that life. I really want to just be able to walk out my back door and to have this school in my backyard and it not be anything overwhelming or big, but I want to be intentional. I want to teach these kids how to read. I want to have just like the best, dirtiest day of learning. And there were times I'd be on a run and I would just stop running and just tears would come down my face because I thought, this is literally just a dream. I'm, I'm never going to do this. It's not going to happen. I'm I'm on the career path of start of becoming an administrator. I'm an instructional coach. My kids are growing older. I think this this is done with. I I really like I really think that I need to mourn the loss of this dream. Seriously. And this was about 5 years ago that I was thinking I need to list, lay this down. God take it. I have dreamt of this. It did not come to pass and I cannot carry this anymore. And it really even chokes me up to think about it because that's how much I thought it was gone. And then, but something just kind of kept coming back year after year. I just so badly wanted to be at home more. I wanted to stop coming home from work, feeling depleted and drained in my house being a mess from the morning breakfast of rushing out the door and then do the whole cycle of lunch and unload backpacks and do the laundry and grade papers and just survive. I was, I was so done with that. And at the same time, being an instructional coach, I thought, gosh, I really do. I I'm seeing some, some things that I knew were happening in the back scene of education. But now that I'm in this new role, there's some there's some pretty deep, dark things happening that I do not want to become an administrator. I just don't want to do it. And you could probably be thinking of that yourself. So I thought, now what am I going to do? Well, the point of this story is that I was beginning to think that I wanted to homeschool my kids, but I thought that is so weird. Who leaves their teaching career, pulls pulls her kids out of public school and starts homeschooling? Who are my friends going to be? Who are their friends going to be? What are we going to do every day? This just seems odd, but I, I just wanted to be with my kids and I wanted to be home. And I just didn't know what that would look like and feel like. So I kept listening to homeschooling podcast and I would go to work every day being an instructional coach and teaching people how to teach the standards and assess and be Marzano approved and have these engaging classrooms. And then I would leave every day and listen to homeschooling podcast. Then I left school. Pandemic happened, started homeschooling the girls for those first couple months, realized that I needed to also make money and I wanted to keep teaching and the best way that I could stay home and teach and be with my kids is to start schooling other children. Now I'm thinking my first year, this is temporary. I'll do this for a year. No one else is doing this. I'm all alone. I have no idea how to build this, grow this. I'm, I 
I've never taught multi-age before in my living room. I really don't know how long this is going to last. But this thought keep com- kept coming up about, wouldn't it be so cool if this really does work, if you could go to that red schoolhouse in your backyard idea? And so by December of schooling, doing this type of school in my living room for four months, all the parents kept asking, are you going to do it again next year? And I was like, yeah, but I really don't, I'm fine doing it in my house, but I really want to get a house with acreage and I want to build this schoolhouse like I did. Like this, this dream is really starting to come to pass and, and it's all coming together, but I didn't think it would be like this. I didn't think I would be teaching school age children and I don't really have the place to build this little school in the backyard. But if I keep going at it, something's going to keep coming. It's like I'm going, it's going to become more clear. And same thing with you. You, you never despise small beginnings because I was doing that in the beginning. My first year of homeschooling my girls and starting our micro school in the living room, my mother-in-law would come and she would say, Mackenzie, this is brilliant. This is so awesome. She started helping me. She was teaching the kindergartners their phonics for me while I was teaching third grade math. And she's like, Mackenzie, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. You need to get teachers together. You guys need to go rent a house and you guys get your own students in school like this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I do not want to build up my school like that. I am fine just where I am. I want just a, a handful and a half of kids and that's it. I don't want to go back to being burnt out starting a school. I've been asked to start a school by preachers before, and I was like, no, I I don't want to do it. I just, I don't want that hassle. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to replicate what I already don't like. And so my mother-in-law, man, she just kept pushing me. You need to grow this, Mackenzie. I'm like, I don't want to grow it. Like, I just want to stay here. And I think a lot of that had to do with being, being in covid and just thinking this feels safe, this feels comfortable, the world is crazy right now, I get to be at home, I get to be with my kids, I get to make money, this is cool. This is this is just all I need right now. And she just kept pushing me, poking the bear. And I, and I mean, there were times we would kind of get into a little bit of a heated thing. Like, I'm like, Grandma, stop. I don't want that. I don't want to blow this up. She's like, you could have Lighthouse Learning, Learn, Lighthouse Learning Longwood, you could have Lighthouse Learning Altamont, like different cities around our area. And I'm like, I don't want that. I just want to stay here. And that could be where you are right now. Maybe you're the beginning version of me where you've got this dream and it's not coming to pass. Maybe now you're the beginning version of like, this is all I can do. This is all I can handle. Well, after year one, I was like, okay, well, I'm making money. I'm staying home. I'm saving so much money. I'll add a few more kids and I'll have someone come in and help me. And now I really am thinking about building, like getting some land and looking at a place where we can have this school. So our second year, we got we got down to business and we started looking for houses. We started looking for houses with land. We started looking for houses with land that had mother-in-law suites or garages that were not attached. We were just having a ball. But also we were fighting against the market because our second year of running the micro school, we were trying to find buy a house. We sold our house. So we had some cash, more cash in the bank. And I was making a lot better income than I would have been in public school. Our second year of micro schooling, I was able to make as much as an administrator would. And I was being able to teach at home in my socks, right? Super cool. 
this is great. I'm making more money. Now we're going to go find a house. And we were just really up against a wall. We were putting offers in on homes, 30, 40, $50,000 more than what we were even could possibly do. We were living on a prayer. And let me tell you, there were some homes that we had put offers in on and we were thinking, this is it. This is the one. And so we, there was even a house, our school is Lighthouse Learning Micro School. There was even a house where every single room had lighthouses. And we put down the offer. It already had a detached garage, a big shed. We were, convert, we were going to convert that to the school room. It had an acre and a half. And that's super hard to find in Central Florida. Super hard to find. You do not find where we live an acre and a half of land without paying a fortune for it. But we were like, we're going all in. This is it. We're going to sacrifice. We are going to have this nice house and we're going to build the school and we're going to have this land. And we did not get the, we didn't, we lost the bid. Did it again on another house, looking for more and more houses. It was super hard to come by. Like realtors were saying, that is going to be so hard to find in your area. Nonetheless, year two, hearts broken, dreams still hadn't come to pass, can't find the place for our school. Year three, da 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 da, 18 kids in my house, three teachers later, 21 kids. Wow, we're packed to the max. We all share one bathroom because my bedroom and my bathroom, those were off limits. I had to keep some type of personal space. So that is word to the wise here. If you are doing it in your house, you need to have your own space that is separate from the school. So our bedroom and our bathroom were that. 21 people sharing the same bathroom. Let me tell you, we made it work. The kids thrived. The parents were happy. The teachers were happy. We made it work. Again, looking for homes, trying to put down. Really, honestly, we didn't put down any offers year three because we were like, listen, this is not financially wise for us to be paying, let's say, six hundred thousand dollars for a home that's really only worth three hundred thousand and the interest rates are up but we were going to do it for the school right we were just going to do it because this is a legacy this is the dream but nothing ever felt right to us so i started calling around to different churches we went into a church they were going to totally give us their space they were going to give us the land and i could not pull the trigger I could not do it because there were some things that were happening at this lo particular location that my husband and I did not feel comfortable with, with our students. And I don't want to go there, but I think that is another very important lesson that if you're going to choose a space, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. They were going to give us three rooms. They were going to give us an acre of land to play on. They were going to give us a swing set and all, all of the outdoor equipment to play with. It literally did not feel right. It didn't feel right. And they're like, we'll give you all this and da, 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 da. And the price was pretty good. Couldn't do it. Morally, something just was not, just was not right. So that's another lesson for you that it's so important to just be in tune and know, even though it may look and feel like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like that's how we thought so many times when we would go put bids on houses. This is it. This is it for the school. We were wrong. And you know, that's really hard when you think something is so right and you see your dream almost coming to pass and it doesn't happen. It sucks. I had to mourn that so much. You may be in a stage of mourning the perfect location or maybe you feel like, I don't know how we're actually going to get there. And then you may see this perfect location, but then you walk in and it just doesn't feel right. 
I've been through both of those situations and I can just say to wait, the te- just wait it out. Wait it out, it will happen. And that's exactly the case for us. Started calling around all these churches. No one was able to give us the space or the rent was awful. Like $8,000 one church was going to charge us. I'm like, listen, we've got 18 students. $8,000 for a couple of rooms? Like that, guys, come on. That's just not even, that's not even right, right? And so I was just really at my wits end thinking, that's it. We're not going to be able to have this school anywhere other than my house. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to grow this. And then a phone call comes. And this is where the community piece comes in. The community piece is that as I was calling and reaching out to other churches, someone from the one church, a lady at the church, met a woman who came in to advertise for our after-school program. And the church lady said, oh, so you guys move locations. The church lady said to this lady who's coming in to market for her after-school program, she said, you guys move locations. She says, yes, we're in a plaza. It's a 5,000 square foot dance studio. And we are there. Our parents love it. We're right next to Ryder Park. And the church lady said, hey, I know a lady who's called looking for a location for her school. What time does your program start? She says, our program starts at 3. And she says, well, this lady runs a school out of her house. And she needs a location from like 8 o'clock until 3 o'clock. You should call her. So all the while I'm thinking I'm wasting my time calling to churches when really that one of those churches ended up becoming a connection. And I hope that this really hits you because a lot of times as you're out there marketing your services or advertising and you're thinking nothing's happening, there's no traction. These people don't, these people don't need my services. These people are not my ideal client. They will be connectors for you. So you may be thinking that as you're going and talking to people about a location, you're thinking, gosh, I wasted my time because they can't help me. No, they can help you because they can connect you to someone else. The lady who runs the after school program calls me and she says, I've got this location and I want you to come and take a look at it. It's not occupied throughout the day. Well, it just so happened that I also changed our school time. So that was a perfect thing because our school used to end at 3.30. And back a few months ago, I decided school needs to end at 3 o'clock. We have a really long day. It's going to be from 8.30 to 3 o'clock. And it just was perfect because they start their program right after we leave. So the timing was great. Ended up going to the plaza. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't want the school to be in a plaza. And now I'm driving over to a plaza. And there's not an outdoor area for them to play in except for a blacktop. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this school here has an after-school program. It's called Extreme Youth Sports. How are they doing Extreme Youth Sports in this plaza that doesn't have a big, like, yard or an area to play? So already I drove off thinking, nope, not going to do it. Not for me. Some forces were up against me. I was thinking that I was going to go meet the lady. And then I was like, nope, I'm just going to cancel. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go meet it. This isn't the ideal location. My daughter got sick. So I was like, perfect. This is a great time for me to not go and talk to the lady about the school. Well, chances were 
I was wrong. <laughs> I woke up. I noticed that my daughter was actually feeling better the day that I was going to go meet the lady. I called my husband. I said, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to meet the lady. My husband said, well, great, because I'm over here now. So we met over there. We walked in and it was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. There's a front lobby. There's four big, there's five rooms. One room is the, it was once the dance studio. So it's wall to floor mirrors super nice all the classrooms have flat screen tvs in them so much room so much natural light coming through there's a place where the teachers can have like a little teacher's lounge there's four separate huge rooms that we get to have and the great news is there's three bathrooms hello we went from one bathroom with 21 people to three bathrooms four rooms plus a lobby plus a teacher's lounge and then there is an area to the side where the kids can play on the blacktop they can play basketball they can play relay races they can do hopscotch and jump rope and there's picnic tables but we will be busing our students to a nearby park that is absolutely gorgeous it's got exercise equipment basketball goals tennis courts splash pad garden several pavilions, playground equipment. It's right next to the fire station, right next to the police department, right next to the hospital. So there's so many community members that we can connect with and visit the fire station and visit the police station and visit the, watch the helicopters come in and see the, the, the ambulances and things of that nature that kids need to be aware of and exposed to and be able to talk to people who are in our community helping to save lives and to this is just such a beautiful opportunity for kids to be running and playing and we're right next to the park and so we're so grateful and although it was not at all now think about the vision that I had for my bedroom to the one room schoolhouse to these homes where we could convert the garage and do all of these incredible things we're not we're not there and that's okay because we're moving to the next we're moving to the next place every single year something really grand and wonderful has happened. And so although we may not be in that two acre lot with this beautiful two bedroom or two story schoolhouse that's white and it's got these beautiful gardens and pebble stone walkways, we're not there yet and that's okay, but we're getting a step closer. We're getting a step closer. And so just because it may feel right, and you may have your heart set for it. If it's not right, it, the door will close. When you look at something and you think on the outside, no, this isn't going to work. And you step in and it feels right. Go with it. Because even though you're not where you want to be just yet, every single step matters. Every single step is taking you to the finish line. We received the Vela Grant, so that's going to help tremendously. We're still going to be able to take that money from the Vela Grant and build our school and grow our school while continuing to think about where we're going to be for the long haul. So the Vela Grant has helped out tremendously. If you have not signed up for the Vela Grant, it's due in July. If you need help with that, I suggest that you build a, that you go to teachersletyourlightshine.com slash coaching. I coach several teachers on how to really hone in on the logistics of the Vela Grant, how to position yourself for success with the Vela Grant. So again, if you are wanting to 
find that perfect location and you're wondering about the funds to do so, I highly suggest that you apply for the Villa Grant. I highly suggest that you take your time with it. I spent several weeks working on it and I did it by myself. I know that you could have success too, but if you want someone to hold your hand the way through it and to help you, you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one session or a Jumpstarter Deluxe coaching. I can help you not only write your Vela Grant, I can also help you with the components of it. I can also help you from start to finish of executing your school. And I just want to say that if you are not where you want to be yet, it's okay. It's okay if the dream hasn't come into fruition, but it's happening. You're getting closer and closer and closer, so don't give up. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.